to the Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Brianna. I'm an extrovert, an Enneagram 2, and an ESFJ, all of which impact my work life in a variety of ways. And I'm Stephanie. I'm an introvert, an Enneagram 9, and an INFJ, and work-life balance is my superpower. This season, we're talking all about work. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of work meetings, working from home, and that elusive work-life balance. Let's commute into this season together and get to work. Hi, Steph. Hey, Bree. We made it. Season finale. We made it to our season finale of season four of the Friendship Paradox podcast. This is episode six. And we are gonna talk about your superpower and Mm -hmm. my longtime nemesis, (laughs) work-life balance. Chaos. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode and season finale, Stephanie, what's going on in your world, my friend? What is going on in my world is that I am in the process of updating my bed which is quite the process like mattress shopping and bed frame shopping and all of that but I have an older I do really love my bed frame it's actually my mom's old bed frame that it's like a nice little sleigh bed frame but I do like a sleigh bed yeah but it's kind of like older and it's Mm -hmm. got like scratches and all that stuff so I'm ready to like upgrade it to something else and I definitely need a new mattress. The one I'm on is like 15 years old at this point, And it's definitely sinking in in spots. Yeah. So it is definitely time for something new. And the bonus part is that A, mattresses are really expensive. Yeah. But I got a hookup at a furniture store. And it's called My Brother. That's a sweet hookup to have. (laughs) Yes. I was doing a lot of research about mattresses. And then my mom was telling me a story, like just telling me how, oh, your brother is delivering a dresser to his mother-in-law that like he picked up at the store. And I was like, I could just use his connection to get a mattress and it'll be so much cheaper mm-hmm. like the mat so i had him quote me some mattresses and they were the prices were so low i was like how is this possible they were like three or four hundred dollars oh my god and i was just like are you sure this is a mattress so that meant because i thought i was just i've been like saving up because the mattresses are so expensive but the fact that i have a mattress hook up with my brother meant i could look for a new bed frame and i also splurged on new sheets and new pillowcases and a new quilt and I'm so excited for it all to come together I just need to like get it all here like I've been ordering stuff so it just needs to all get here and I need to sell my old bed frame which I put up on Facebook marketplace and within like three hours I had multiple messages from people and I wasn't ready I thought it was going to take a few like weeks because sometimes I have things up there for weeks and then it finally gets sold so I was like oh 
So I took it down. <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready to be without a bed frame yet. Yeah. So, but I'm really excited to just have a better bed. I think part of the, I haven't been sleeping very well lately. And I think part of it has to be do with my mattress. So I think this will just help and it'll be a nice little upgrade for me. And I'm so excited. I think it'll help with like the aches and pains you've yeah. been having too. Like your sciatica was mm-hmm. acting up. I think this will yeah. help. Yeah. I think all of that will just feel better. And bonus, the girls need a perfect little cloud to sleep on. They do. They must have that. They they deserve that in their yeah, lives. They do. They work hard. They for do. It. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on in your world? I texted you frantically upon the receipt of this. Oh, yes. So this will be fun for us to talk about on the podcast. So arguments aside on the science of this, or not even aside, I will I will touch on it. So I ordered an Everly Well food sensitivity comprehensive test. So it tested the protein reactivity of a protein called IgG to 204 different foods. The idea is that if you have a high protein reactivity or a moderate protein reactivity versus like a normal protein reactivity, these foods might be the source of digestive discomfort or gastrointestinal discomfort. It is studied. It is not well studied like for a long time so a lot of medical journals or like I don't know the name of like our our national like allergy association or whatever they do not I don't want to say trust but they don't like the lack of studies and testing done on food sensitivity tests like this it uses a blood sample to do these tests but the point of a food sensitivity test so this is not in place of an actual allergy test where you need to go to a specialist and they in a controlled environment they need to expose you to allergens to figure out if you have a life-threatening allergic response to something this is not that this is i am gassy and bloated a lot sorry not sorry (laughs) and i'm i did do an elimination diet with a primary care physician many years ago to identify that I have lactose intolerance. I do not produce the enzyme needed to break down the sugars in foods that are made from cow's milk. I learned that years ago, but I still frequently suffer from a lot of discomfort. So the idea is that the foods that are identified as high reactivity, like those are good foods to try and do a temporary elimination diet to see if that is what's causing your distress. So I took it and I am in distress because (laughs) I eat eggs every day and egg white and egg yolk, which because there's there's different proteins, so they test them yeah. separately. Those, like, ding, 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 super high on the radar. So I was like, oh, no. Because no. there's eggs in everything. Yeah. And then outside of that, there's 18 other foods that there were above normal reactivity to, but they're considered, like, low. Like, they're likely not the cause, but you can do elimination diets to test them out. So that's what I'm going to do after my cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not going to deny myself eggs benedict and pastries. Like, I love those things. So I'm going to enjoy my cruise. I'll just 
take a lot of gas x <laughs> you know i actually took an everly well i didn't know if this was like you had done this through a doctor or something but i did an everly well food sensitivity test a few years ago because i just had like money left over in my fsa and i was yeah. like oh i want to do this but it like showed no abnormal abnormality in anything and i was just like this can't be right but maybe it so, is yeah but now I'm taking a probiotic every day. And let me tell you, that has helped a lot. There is a lot of what I'll call new science around like your whole body health starts in your gut. Yeah. Including like mental No, that's health. why I'm taking a probiotic. My yeah. psychiatrist told me to take one of them. <laughs> like, that Again, can help. Not, not widely studied and published. Mm-hmm. It is more new, emerging, or alternative even yeah. it's considered. But... I am a firm believer, like your gut and the food that you eat to nourish your body Mm -hmm. absolutely has an impact on you from head to toe. Yes, absolutely. I think so as well. That's why I'm open to it and I'm willing to try it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yep. That's, that's me. Well, I'm sorry about the eggs, but (laughs) we'll see what happens when you do the elimination diet. Exactly. Maybe there's no change, in which case it's not a problem. Yeah. And I'll just move on with my life. Absolutely. Speaking of moving on. Let's move on to today's topic. That was an excellent transition. Very smooth. Smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. That that should be the name of this season finale. <laughs> Harken back to the time we had Sean on the yes. pod. Smooth <laughs> like butter. Work-life work balance. That is our topic today. So I'm going to start this conversation off by defining what is work-life balance so my source for this definition is the cambridge dictionary so by definition work-life balance is a noun and it is the amount of time you spend doing your job compared with the amount of time you spend with your family and doing things you enjoy so that is what i'm what i am decidedly saying is the literal dictionary definition of (laughs) work-life balance yes the amount of time you spend doing your job compared with the amount of time you spend with your family and doing things you enjoy. So technically, all of us who are alive and working have work-life balance. It's just, do we have what we consider for ourselves a good work-life balance yes. or a bad work-life balance? Mm-hmm. So it's not that does balance exist or not exist. It's like, is it good or bad? So, Stephanie. Yes. How do you feel about the term work-life balance and is it achievable to you? To me, yes. I think it is. But in order for it to be achieved, you have to be okay with not giving 100% at your job at all times. So I can't remember who I heard about the bucket theory from, but the idea is that you have a bucket for all the different parts of your life. So you have a work bucket, a marriage bucket, a kid's bucket if you have kids, hobbies, pets, exercise, all these different buckets. And you can't give, you can't put 100% in every bucket. You have to spread it around. So even if you're putting like 75% in your work bucket, that means your marriage bucket, your hobbies bucket, your pets bucket is going to get less you're not going to be able to give the same to every bucket. Some buckets just, depending on the phase of life, have more than others. That's just the way it works. Like, no matter what, 
there are parts of your life that have to suffer in a way so that you can give more to a certain area. So maybe like right now you're really focused on your hobbies. That bucket gets a lot. You're just maybe you're or maybe it's like vacations and you're going on a vacations and stuff like that. And then that means other buckets get, you know, not as much. Like maybe your friends, you're not seeing your friends as much or you're not giving as much as at work and stuff like that. It's a balancing act. That's why it's called work-life balance. (laughs) And it's not always going to be in perfect balance. But if you're okay with not giving 100% every day at your job, I think you can achieve it. What about you? So I think work-life balance is achievable. But I also think that the way that work-life balance is talked about and portrayed I don't want to say the whole world is incorrect, but I feel like the perception of it is messed up. I agree with you. You just cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it all. You cannot give 100% of yourself to 100% of the things in your life. Like That is absolutely true. And a lot of people, I think, think of work-life balance as like a pure 50-50. I think it's achievable if you can think of it as a sliding scale. And work-life balance, the thing that you're looking to achieve is like your personal comfort level at the place you are in your life right now. And that could look different from it did two years ago and, and it might look very different two years from now. So I think it's achievable, but I think there needs to be, I don't know if the phrase paradigm shift is what I'm looking for, but there needs to be a shift in the mentality around work-life balance. In order for you to achieve it. And it is a personal journey. Yes. Ain't no one else gonna do it but you. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're gonna go next in this conversation. So what does work-life balance mean to you? What does it look like to you? For me, it's about not letting my work life infect. I don't like that word. But infect my personal time. Maybe I have to work a few hours on the weekend. Maybe I have to work late a few evenings. But I don't want work to come before plans I have with friends or being able to enjoy my hobbies. I want to be able to like shut off work at the end of the day and move forward with doing the things that I love. And like for me, my work life just is just one little part of me. And I don't have the type of job where I need to be present and on all the time. And I'm just somebody who's always been pretty good about shutting it off at the end of the day and moving into my personal life. Like for me, I'm just never going to be a workaholic. It's just not my nature. It's not what I want to be. And I would prefer like being able to like enjoy my personal time and being able to like have my hobbies, my friends, my family, just have that as like my buffer in between work. I'd love to pay you a huge compliment right now if you'll allow it. Love it. You have been an excellent example for me since entering the workforce for that because I am a workaholic Mm -hmm. and it is something I have always wanted to change And I have constantly worked on it with my therapist. But having 
a positive example of what it was I wanted to achieve, you have that. Oh, so thanks. If you need any any tips on that, I would highly recommend <laughs> someone come be friends with Stephanie right now because she is she is my example for oh, sure. Thank you. Okay, now you may continue. Yes. Well, I think like sometimes I've felt like self-conscious about the fact that I'm not a workaholic and that I don't aspire to that because I think that's something we're taught a lot in society and all of that, that like this is the only way to like move up in the world and like get a lot of money and be successful is to like work, 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 work. And it's just like, but that's not what I want. <laughs> like, I have a lot of other things that mean more to me than my work life. I need to work because I have to make money, but I also don't ever feel like that's part of my identity and what I want to be part of my identity any either, too. So it, for me, also, I've had to, like, come to terms with my own way of, like, not being a workaholic and not being motivated by work honestly because we're taught that like that's I mean that's why you're going to school so you can like and that's why you go to college and get your master's and all of that so you can get a really cool job and then work for the rest of your life like (laughs) so yeah but anyway I digress what about you what does work-life balance mean to Brianna well You touched on some real heavy pain points for me, (laughs) so I'll go ahead and get into that. While doing research for this episode to really decide how I felt about work-life balance, stuff like that, I read this really great article on Forbes that I will put in the show notes, and uh, the the title of the article is, What Does Work-Life Balance Even Mean? And I have really struggled with the, and I think it's even... I can't decide if it's gotten worse or better with remote work, but in the field that I'm in and have been in for almost a decade, which is crazy, there's, for a long time, there was an expectation of being, like, always on, like, always reachable, like, if you get an email alert, you need to check it, and if you get a message on Slack, you need to address it right away, and if you get an email from a client, you should respond within X number of hours, whatever, And there's also a lot of time constraint on my work time. Like, so the time in which I am quote unquote on, I'm in a lot of back-to-back meetings and that eats away at time that I can spend doing other work tasks, right? And then there's the constant distractions of all those different communication methods. Like someone can reach me via phone, either call or text message, via Slack message, via Slack phone call, via Zoom call, via email. That's a lot of... (laughs) distraction they can knock on your door uh, can, yeah can knock on my office door that would um, be crazy. or when i was in office open office floor plans yeah there was nothing stopping someone from coming up talking Ugh. to me right yeah and then work is really pervasive in our world today in my opinion at least like quote-unquote corporate work but even so even in retail and stuff like that there's a constant connectedness no matter where you are no matter what you're doing And I have explored this a lot in therapy. It takes a lot of myself. It takes a lot of me. It takes a lot of my mental capacity. It takes up my physical capacity, like the time I am on at work. I physically have to be working. And emotional, too, because I 
absolutely care about my work and I think it's a reflection of me and I would define myself as a workaholic Mm -hmm. but something that I like for me work-life balance for me is getting to this place where I accept for myself that working hard and working smart do not equate to working all the time yes you can be a great worker, a great employee, a very strong contributor to your workplace without working all the time. And so for me, what work-life balance will really mean for me is coming to that mental understanding and setting the boundaries where where appropriate and that are appropriate, right? And that might mean I have to work through some things with for myself with my therapist which I have been doing or like with my department and with my with my pod it's called like working through that and like understanding like and defining even like what isn't isn't okay and and stuff like that so that is what it means to me yeah and I think I wanted to touch on for a minute, like I was just thinking about this as you were talking, mm-hmm. but like as a manager now, we're both, we both are managing other people and developing boundaries and showing what it's, what it means to have boundaries is so important. Like for yes. me, taking mental, like we have flexible time off now so I take a mental health day every single month like if I don't have any other time coming like time off that month I will just take a day off and have a mental health day and I will not go on slack I will if I'm just even if I'm just at home not doing anything like I don't turn my work computer on slack gets you know silenced like I am not available like if I'm off I'm not available I mean, obviously, if I had to, if, like, my director is, like, messaging me and be like, oh, my God, please, I will come on. But, like, I know other managers who don't do that, who are constantly responding to emails when they're supposed to be off. And I'm just like, that's not how I want to model things myself. Like, I want to show them, like, you do not need to be on when you are, you have scheduled time off like you can get away and like that's important to me to just like for me I need that just because I need to be able to like turn my brain off and modeling for other people and just like and also like I turn my slack I silence my slack at six o'clock every day and like I don't go back on till the morning and like I'm not responding to your message I'm not responding to your email nothing is that important? We work in digital marketing. The world is not going to burn if like something happens. Like nothing that, at least in my department, I need to be available. So I want to model that with people to just be like, you don't have to be available 24-7. We are not working in a field. We're not doctors. We're not yep. saving lives. Yeah, like, I was just about to say, this is not wide scale applicable. Like doctors have yeah, teachers. Yeah, exactly. Lives are literally on the line. Right. And also, I do understand the higher up you go in corporate on the food chain. Like, if you're C-level to some capacity, you have to be reachable. Yeah. So That's I why understand I that. will never be there. Because I just, for me, it's not worth it. It's not worth being 
working 24 7. I think it's part of work-life balance to understand that that's important for you and your career and your life as well that you don't want to grow up you might want to grow out. Yeah and I don't want to like make it seem like people who I wouldn't say are workaholics but people who really enjoy working and they have a healthy relationship with work and are interested in growing into a C-suite, becoming an owner, something like that. Like if that's enjoyable to you, that's great. Like really just figure out a way to do it in a healthy way so you can grow in the way you want. But like, it's also okay if that is not interesting to you at all. Like if you were like, I just want to be a worker bee, gets my stuff done. I want to be able to afford my life. And like, that's it. That's great too. Agreed. So. All right. So let's pivot a little bit. All right. How does your personality play into work-life balance for you? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk about being an Enneagram 9. Because I think the my Enneagram 9-ness really plays a part into like how I've come to like appreciate work-life balance. Because for nines, having calm and peace in our environments is crucial. Like that is just like our motivating factor in everything is just inner calmness and peace. And I think that is why work-life balance is my superpower because I protect that inner peace like crazy. Like my time is precious to me. I guard it like I am a king guarding my princess daughter who I don't want the other princess to get her did that make sense that did not I followed in enough okay thank you I was it was kind of like big bad man protecting his daughter but whatever I guard it so closely I hoard it (laughs) I hoard it so like for my hobbies and for my relationships I don't I just don't like my work life coming into my personal time So I try to keep them as separate as possible to protect my inner peace because like for me, working is not peaceful. It's being on, responding to people, putting out fires, trying to like do all of these things in a short amount of time. Like it's not peaceful. It's I do enjoy what I do. I don't want to like anyone to think I do enjoy what I do. Like I I'm very grateful for the position I have because it is very low stress where I'm at. But it's just one little part of my life. And like I mentioned before, work is not my identity. It's not who I am. It's just something I do. But once I'm done, I want to move on with my hobbies. I have a lot of hobbies and all of them are very important to me. I have people in my life and like investing in those relationships are really important to me. Work is something I do for five days a week and then I move on with my life. So that's kind of how I feel like my personality plays into that. What about you? I think my personality, specifically my Enneagram 2 type, often in the 
So I'm hyper-focused on the unhealthy state, but I think it's applicable to this conversation. So let, let me get into it. So type twos are the helper or the hostess. And so how this plays into my work-life balance, or at least the balance I have historically had in which I've been unhappy with, is that I work so hard, I think sometimes, because I don't want to disappoint those who I work for and work with. And so it's almost like seeking that validation that I am a good employee and I am a good coworker because I'm always working so hard. Yes. So that contributes, I think, sometimes to almost like that, what I would consider like that unhealthy balance. On that note, there's a positive to it, right? Like, I like to provide support. That is an excellent quality in the workforce. (laughs) So I think there's a way that I can become a healthier too and have a a work-life balance that I am more pleased with. But definitely like that, that helper attitude that I have, like that, that supportive role, that being there and being available for you when you need me, that absolutely plays a part into the fact that like work definitely takes up a bigger portion of my overall time. Yeah. It absolutely does. For what it's worth, I love work. Yeah. <laughs> I find work to be very fulfilling. I really enjoy what I do. I always joke that like if I won the lottery, I couldn't actually quit working. I don't think I could ever be that person. I would have to do something with my time. Maybe yeah. it would be volunteer-based. Like maybe right. I'd work at an animal shelter or something like that. Because, you know, gotta help the animals. But I would have to have something in which I have structure every day, responsibility every day, people to help, things to help. Yeah. You know, projects to accomplish. Like that is a very motivating thing for me. So, yeah. So type two is absolutely the driving force of my past present and likely current (laughs) past present and future state of work-life balance for sure I feel like probably a lot of Enneagram twos have that same mentality because that's just your motivator is you're motivated to help people yep and And be available to to them and like you're motivated to like be like you're motivated to be the best person you can be for like everybody in your life and that includes everyone you work for and work with yep absolutely all right well that'll do it for most of our content so to wrap up our discussion on work-life balance do you have a tip for our listeners yes so at the beginning of this conversation I talked about the bucket theory yeah So my tip is to consider your buckets. What kind of buckets do you have? And think about how much time you want to spend with each one every week because we only have a certain amount of time in the week. And if you're just in a busy season at work and that needs to be prioritized, that's fine. Just recognize that like that means other parts of your life have to be deprioritized while you're spending more time at work and also reassess those buckets every few months to make sure you're not always prioritizing work number one like think about okay right now like obviously work is going to be a big part of your everyday life because we spend a lot of time at work it's we do 40 plus hours a week 
at work for most of us. So that's a lot of time, but you can also recognize that, oh wait, I'm spending 60 or 70 hours a week at work. And that means that's like 20 hours I'm not spending with my partner or 20 hours I'm not spending doing the stuff I love or I haven't gone on a vacation in three years because I'm just working all the time. Just make sure you're thinking about all of the different facets of your life and giving equal or as equal as possible priority to all of them when you can. That's my tip. I love that. I'm totally talking about that with my therapist next month. (laughs) Yay. Great. I will send you my invoice for the therapy session. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Great job. Good job. (laughs) What about you? What tip do you have? My tip is for the connectivity piece of like work time versus lifetime. Establish your on-off boundary. It could be physical like locking your computer in a different room or leaving your laptop at the office. Or it could be time, like after 8 p.m., I will not check for any emergencies. Like, so the workday ends at 6. I'll be able to be in pocket until 8. And then after that, that is my yeah decompression time, heading into bedtime routine, whatever. It could be blocking time on your calendar. So you could take your break to go do things that you want to go do as needed so establish your boundary your on-off boundaries and stick to them i think it's probably important for about half of the enneagram (laughs) boundaries boundaries well steph good job you too all right what are you currently obsessed with i am currently obsessed with a tv show happy endings i watched it when it was on it's it's only it only has three seasons, which is a travesty because it is one of the best shows sitcoms ever. Like, and it's the fact that it got three seasons is stupid. But it, I haven't like rewatched it ever. And I was just like listening to a podcast where they were talking about it. I was like, I need to rewatch this. What's it on? And it was it's on HBO Max. So I was like Friday night I'm gonna rewatch start rewatching happy endings and it was as good as I remember it and made me chuckle a lot and it's making me very happy happy endings I love that for you it's sounds like innuendo is is it kind of a raunchy show it's not very raunchy it's about there's a six like an ensemble six people and like I didn't even know how the show started because I think I just watched maybe the last season. Mm-hmm. And it starts when like there's a group of six and two of them are married. There's like three boys and three girls. Two are married to each other, a boy and a girl. Yeah. <laughs> a boy and a girl, I don't always say it like that. And then the other, another man and woman are getting married and that and then they're at the altar and she's like I don't want to get married to you so then it's like oh my god what how are how is our friend group gonna survive with these two people so they kind of have to go through that and it's just great it's got great people on it uh, and it's just hilarious it's so funny so if you haven't watched it that's a good one for you and Sean and it'll be real quick because it's three seasons <laughs> I will add that on my to-be-watched list. Wonderful. What are you obsessed with? 
I'm obsessed with my renewed library card. <gasps> Yay! My library card expired <laughs> during the pandemic. And I just never renewed it because I had backed up so many Audible credits because I stopped commuting and I was using my Audible for commuting. Mm-hmm. So I just never needed it because I had so many credits backed up. And I mean, a lot of credits backed up. <laughs> that I was just able to like buy audiobooks for everything I wanted to read, yeah. which is very privileged of me. I'm, But it, it is what it is. I yeah. spent my money on Audible. I am finally caught up after my <laughs> no, my my admission of being on a reading binge. Yeah. And so I decided it was time to finally renew my library card. It took a minute and a half. Yeah. It was a so very fast. easy process. And at the same time, Sean, producer Sean, oh. got his first library card in Pinellas County. So he had had one prior. Yeah. Like, but probably not since childhood because in college he didn't need one. And then after college he moved here to Pinellas County and he's never had one in Pinellas County. Aww. So it's been a long time. And he's already halfway through his first book. I love it so much. Um, it's making me really happy. And we, after we renewed my card and got him his actual card we kind of perused the library and there's nothing better than the smell of books yeah it is intoxicatingly delicious i love (laughs) the smell of books and the library nearest us in safety harbor it's a really nice library it's a nice place to go and spend some time yeah so my current obsession is my library card oh i'm so happy tax dollars to good use absolutely Yay, libraries. Plus, now I can rent. I can rent. I can take out. Borrow. Borrow. Thank you. (laughs) I can borrow my book club books now. Yeah. (sighs) I love it. I have three different library cards for three different libraries because I'm a crazy person. I love it. Good for you. Because our, like, the Pinellas, where we are, the Pinellas County is not great. Yeah, it's got a... It, the selection, especially online. The on, Like, the print over, is fine. Overdrive but, like, and o- Libby or... Libby is just... So I got... I spent $35 for a non-resident membership at the Charlotte Area Library. Oh. I, it was supposed to be a one-year that I paid more than a year ago maybe it was a three year and I didn't know but $35 for three years and like I get a lot of books from them and then Broward County you can get one for free really joined there so you should join there I'm from Broward County and I had no idea yeah I was able to just get a free one so that was fun and the overdrive selection there is better Mm mm-hmm I still miss Hillsboro. I know it's so good. Hillsboro was the best, but their yeah, their non residents a bit expensive. Yeah, it was like over a hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's like, oh, let me find a cheaper one. Especially because so. the library can be free to you. Yeah, so I got it. All right, well, Stephanie, we did it. We did it. We finished our season finale. If you enjoyed this season if you're enjoying listening to our podcast in general 
please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. That way we can be discovered and we'll keep making more episodes for you to enjoy. And also if you subscribe, you will automatically get alerts when we drop new episodes. If you don't want to miss us in between seasons, you can follow us on Instagram at The Friendship Paradox. We will share friendship memories and things of that nature on there in between seasons. And lastly, I just want to thank you for tuning in to season four. This was a really fun season for us. It was. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. We will be back after a little hiatus with another season for you guys. Yay! So like, stay tuned. Yeah. What's it going to be about? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) We planned it. I don't remember. It's like a surprise (laughs) to all of us. Yeah! Well, until next season, thank you for tuning in to The Friendship Paradox. I'm Brianna. I'm Stephanie. Bye-bye.